Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Well, folks, I have anticipated, I don't know, over a year uh, to have this second conversation with Theo Ford Stigler, because we kind of promised each other that when the book was at the state of being done with always more possibilities to add to it, that we would reflect on our collaborative practice, but also project uh, how uh, things that we used to do are no, no longer necessary, but new things are coming up, like marketing and selling the book <laughs> and, uh, and maybe other projects. So this is that moment. Uh, here in in June of 2022. And before we go very far into two-way conversation, Teo, I want to thank you so, so much for being such a wonderful collaborator. Well, right back at you, Dave. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I feel that it was really a, a, an honor and a blessing in many ways to, to get to work on this. Um, I don't think it was an easy task, but I think for the most part, I think that you and I were able to avoid any of sort of the the doldrums of repetitive and boring and and it just you know the half to of maybe an editing process. I think because we were able to leverage some of the technology that's now available to do it collaboratively, to do it together, and yes. because we. I think resonate in some ways. There's another one of my musical metaphors. Mm-hmm. Um, because we resonate in some ways, it was uh, really a, a joyful process and an interesting and intriguing one. And I, uh, I hope that you feel the same way that we both learned with and from one another in this process and from Peter in not in not insignificant ways. Um, yeah. So so thank you and um, thank you right back at you. Well, folks, that's it. We don't have any more. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do any better than that. Uh, But I think we can, because um, when uh, you and I looked at how we could introduce the authors, uh, the standard way, you know, with a paragraph or two, the bios, you made a great suggestion, which was, well, why don't you voice uh, the introduction as if you're introducing Peter and Peter's introducing you, Dave. And uh, I, I put Peter's voice in to do that, but it was um, it was a really important moment uh, to be able to say what Peter had always wanted to say, which is practice matters. Absolutely. It's a way of being. And it could not have happened, Dave, if you hadn't agreed back in the late part of 2018 to help me. And uh, so I had that feeling of if I could add a line or two to Peter's work words, it would say, uh, thank you for, again, like we just did, thank you for collaborating. But the other thing that I did is I added a line or two where Peter said, well, and also we should thank Teo for being such a great collaborator. And uh you nixed that. That's the only thing I think you've cut out in the entire book. <laughs> you said, oh, there's a better way to do that in another place, another time. But no, it was, it was both humble and um, also uh, it, was, it was quite an insight. 
And I wondered what, can you remember what you were thinking when you uh, nixed having that uh, transition to thanking you? Well, I think that there's, there's, so the, the initial impetus I think was to say, do we really need to write another book cover biography for, for Peter Vale? I think those are available uh, I think that, you know, a quick Google search will give people many an insight as to uh, what Peter has said and wrote That's right. um, and who he was and his, his accolades and his achievements and the, the impact of his practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that if Peter was still here, there is a chance that some version of this work would exist without having yours and my Fingerprints is not the right word. What are they? Practice intentions with without having our part and piece to to where the book has now been published on the My Library platform. Um, he probably would have found a way to, to make it happen. It was important to him. It was a passion project. But I do think that the way that it worked out is exactly in line with the thinking that he talks about in the book. He approached you and it became a collaborative effort. Yeah. And you then approached um, Stephen, myself, and and as you had heard of my library, and it became a collaborative effort between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in many ways that speaks to the kind of practice Peter had in mind as he describes it in his, in his conjectures. Mm-hmm. So it, it made more sense to me in the framing that we have found worked for the book where you are giving context, where you are setting up, where you are. In my mind, it's it's a little bit like a, a stage play. I could imagine, <laughs> you know, maybe an abbreviated version of this as a as a one man play, but it needs two men because there is one or women, or uh, whoever might might be called to to act this out. But you know, it's a conversation. It's become a conversation. Yeah. And yes. so I thought that it made sense to bring that same conversational framing to the author biographies to introducing the two of you and so it made sense that one of you would introduce the other and it, it didn't feel like it fit to have a third character introduced into the play at that <laughs> point um in a in a theatrical production you don't suddenly have the the producer the the person that you know the or, mm-hmm. or the or the scriptwriter is not suddenly appearing on stage as an actor. They <laughs> they remain in the background for good reason, right? <laughs> and so I I think that was quite appropriate. Um, yeah. To to have um, my my uh, supports of this project identified elsewhere. I think I'll, I'll push that analogy of stage uh, of a stage play a bit further. Uh, when um, you and I agreed with uh, Peter's family and and with Sander his is beloved that we would uh, do our very best to make what was produced Peter's big Peter, Peter's uh, thoughts on practice, uh, his conjectures on practice, and that he would have a lead. And I wanted it that way. And I don't know how the family felt about it, but when we started scripting it, going, putting my voice in to introduce each of Peter's conjectures and looking very carefully at Peter's wording, where a little editing here and there could make it easier for the reader. But basically, uh, it's, you know, starring Peter Vale, co-starring Dave Fearon. And uh, I like that very much. But when I wrote my 
what Peter said about me, he complained right away. He said, <laughs> Dave never, <laughs> he's always acting like he's still my student, you know, and, uh, you know, somewhat insubordinate and all the rest. And, and, but see, that's truth. That's my truth. Uh, I, there were moments when it would have been kind of fun to let the ego fly and push Peter aside and say, Oh, and by the way, he doesn't know crap about this one. I, <laughs> let me really tell you what it means. And I didn't, I didn't want to. And so that's important. And a little bit more when I gave uh, the uh, author introduction, uh, a heading, I said, an abiding collaboration. And that does bring you back in because that word abiding, uh, it, it still feels very strong for me that here we are, you know, still working on the book, still abiding by our agreement long before any kind of paper was written that described our relationship. Uh, when we were just having that first conversation all the way to now, we're looking close to what, two years at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the wrinkles that I didn't have before. My my you, forehead you got, was you got gray, David. I got gray. I got <laughs> white. I got bags under my eyes that you could pack suit, you know, pack and, and carry away as suitcases. Uh, but uh, actually, the the irony of the abiding collaboration you and I have had is that I've had a hell of a lot of fun. And I think if anything, it's kept me young. I had retired for five years before you and I met, and. Uh, I look forward to every Friday or every Monday that we were having our uh, updates. I look forward to seeing uh, when something would pop up in Google Docs that, where you had made your suggestions in editorial, uh, whatever, you know, took out the red pen, slash, 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 every Editorial whatever. So I'll, have to quote you I'll have to quote you in that in my, uh, when I describe to people. So what do you do? Well, I'll do the uh, I do the whatever, whatevers. but you know, that's the main way of saying anything else that I can't think of in the moment. But uh, the, the thing is that I, it kept my spirits up. And now I want to ask you the same question as a practitioner of many things, but particularly as a practitioner of the producer editor of this particular mm -hmm. work. Uh, how did you feel each week? Oh God, not another Dave is so such a <laughs> not head. Well, can you, can you pause the recording so I can tell you how I really feel? No. Um, yeah, it's pause. It was, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, I, I honestly, this is for me. Um, really has been a unique opportunity in the sense that that I got to wrestle with content that was impactful. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also got to work in, uh, for me, this was the first time that I've had this sort of close one-on-one -on -one collaboration in, in my role as an editor. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, editorial work that was with multiple authors that was typically shorter um, amounts of content, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to have this sort of really drawn out process that included early on figuring out, you know, what is what is the format? Uh, I recall <laughs> you and I looking at some of the uh, early edits where Peter had intended to take his words and and sort of establish you two as co-authors, right? To, yeah. to make certain statements that were uh, in what is now published in the in the I Voice for Peter yeah. to turn some of them into we and. Yeah. Um, I think we very quickly 
decided that a because he had abandoned that and hadn't been able to to push that no. through but maybe a couple of conjectures um but that that wasn't that wasn't representative of where you were at in this collaboration that's right and honestly i think it would have been much more difficult for you and i to do peter's writing justice to attempt to you know where would he have turned it where might he have kept it as an i statement mm. um so i am much more comfortable in in uh taking and and forgive me but uh, in, in much of our collaboration i was reminded of you know it's it's the two of us taking an unfinished symphony an unfinished composition and saying you know how do we what is the chord that Peter would have wanted here at the end of, of this section? Mm -hmm. And so I think we've been able to, with the format that we've created, do that in a way that honors his voice that was uh, that allowed us to, to really keep intact the vast majority of his words in terms of how they show up from where they were in the original manuscript, but to provide some context and maybe do the editorial whatevers in terms of, hey, let's make sure that the reader can really follow um, where Peter is going with this in, in yeah. making some minor adjustments to just improve clarity here or there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and so I, for me, that that process of you and I establishing our own practice of how to yeah. um, both honor but also move forward this this work to where we are now uh, able to to present it to the world uh, was very much, as I said earlier, a joyful thing for me. I think I, I think. We'd have to look very, very far and wide to find a format like that resulted in that, that my voice, Peter's voice, my voice, Peter's voice. I, I, I read a lot. I know you do. And, and I, my hunch is that this, this created something quite unique in a couple of ways, but particularly that way, because uh, my tone was different than Peter's tone. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So it was more con like a conversation. And I, I don't know if I've seen that done anymore. The other thing we talked about way from the beginning is in terms of an unfinished symphony, here is one of the really thought leader, thoughtful thought leaders yep. in organization writ large, organization development, organization change, organization behavior, and also particularly within that leadership and managerial practice. So this this would be like us opening up a, an old chest and finding an unfinished manuscript, which literally does exist on paper. I have it sitting right. over there. I'm, I think I should put it on a, on a plinth or something. Uh, and looking at it and saying, what a fine, here are the last thoughts of one of our really powerfully influential people in a, in a kind of an interesting way, because Peter was disabled for 20 years, could not get out and, and give the talks he loved to give and, and the consulting and, and obviously the teaching and, and managerial leadership. So it was finding something that it took him 10 years laboriously through bouts of pain, exhaustion, everything else uh, to set down each of those conjectures until he got to the last one. And we have a kind of an inside joke, don't we, Teo, that we initially thought there would be 33. Right. And, and I was working from the last known uh, men, uh, digital version of what Peter had written. You know, our, we sent it out in in email attachments. And I remember looking, looking, it's, it's got to be a 33rd one. And uh, we couldn't find it. 
So it was, it was, uh, okay. So that, that 33rd one would have been what Peter had told me, as I recall toward the end, sort of a kickoff for what he would like to write in his next book. Can you write this man's spirit? He was saying in, in the intro, he's saying, I'm going to tell you why I'd like to completely revive, uh, revitalize and, rev- and reform uh, managerial education. <laughs> you know, And that would have been uh, one he would have loved to have written. And again, I would have stepped back and say, it's your thought. It's your voice. Right, right. I totally agree with you that it needs reform and I'd love to help on that. But uh, anyway, in the meantime, his other huge passion during those last 10 years, as you picked up on the uh, videos talk that he gave to the org behavior teaching society practice was something that meant something very deeply to him. And, And he said, and he lamented, I wish I had, known how important it was back when I was doing all the things I could do because I would do them even more differently. So we, we have quite a person here in this collection of his thought. Uh, and thank goodness you and I are his collaborators in this instance. And I think it's quite telling that, that, you know, Peter did not, um, I, I assume he must have known that he had limited time. Oh, he did. You know, and so I think it is quite telling that Peter did not set out to say, you know, here are the 20 lessons I learned about management and, you know, that 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 I Mm -hmm. shall leave behind. He went and he wrote 32 (laughs) conjectures Mm -hmm. that he says. uh, And and if you're listening, you're welcome to to get the book and, and check it out. But he says, you know, here are my thoughts. Here are my, it's an invitation. Peter is not saying, and here's how it is. And what I found is that oh, no. such and such, and you must, and you shall, it is very much, here's my observation. Here's what I believe. Here is mm-hmm. my, my insight that I want you to re- reflect on and see how it might resonate with you. Yeah. Uh, so here's that word resonate again. But um, that word. to me was, was really uh, that fact in and by itself, I think, was really a, an, an insight for me to say, here is somebody at the statue of one one Peter Vale, who certainly could have made claims as to here is what I found. And oh, it yeah. is so that I probably would have looked at it and said, well, if Peter Vale says it is so, I ought to consider whether it might be. But he he does hardly not at all do that um, in in this in this final writing of his and so that was uh, in and by itself insightful for me to like okay so where do i take these things how do they resonate with me um and how do i as an editor do a uh, an appropriate job to allow the reader to to really get that invitation and and have that opportunity to in a way continue that collaboration right and be the yeah. next next in line to take what what Peter, David, and uh, Theo have put forth uh, to yeah. say, okay, what what is my opportunity to now engage my team, engage my colleagues, engage people in my family in in how I instantiate my practice or practices plural. Yeah, I, I you're right on, and and uh, it uh, it I, I, my musical act, uh, knowledge is, is quite limited compared to yours, but th- there's something about uh, it, that popped into my head, the, the word symphony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
but it probably every symphony started out with uh, the first stanza with you know a, a few notes it's, and and then it builds and it builds and it builds and then they start to think about other voices that could be brought in other instruments and so forth and and uh, but it when you take a, a symphony into a music hall with a full orchestra uh, and that baton strikes the first wave it it just hits everyone in the room you know fills them totally and draws them in and uh so the reverberation if you will of peter's and and my and your and your work on this is something that i'm hoping for uh, yes of course we'd love to have sales no question uh, but this subject practice as a way of being does matter it's matter to anyone and everyone I've had a conversation with during the writing of the book and, and now. Once you give them a little clue as to, hey, practice is you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what you've made of yourself by virtue of the choices you have made to commit yourself to a certain stream of results and to stay with it during changing circumstances. And at every instance possible, learn and grow. And they go, oh, yeah, I guess that is me. What next? Well, what next is become a keen observer of your own laboratory of life and proceed as a learner and a co-inquirer, meaning this is one of Peter's other themes, with anyone and everyone who who will uh, connect with you. So there's a symphonic effect that's starting to ripple out there. And pretty soon in our wildest imagination, we've got hundreds of people having conversations about the nature of practice. I, I certainly hope so. I, I gotta <laughs> imagine that for for any composer that I can think of that has inspired um, my my own music making, you know, that that whatever the cantata might be that Bach m- might have written or a symphony that Beethoven might have written, that it started with some motif, some theme, you know, yeah. whether it was four or eight measures, but, yeah. but th- there was a starting point there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at least for those two gentlemen that I just mentioned, the intention tended to be who are then eventually the group of musicians that will perform this. And they uh, a lot of times had the, the benefit of uh, sometimes writing with, you know, knowing who's going to play the second violin and the, the first cello and who's going to have the, the solo yeah. parts. Yeah, and I got to imagine like, that yeah. in their practice of composing that, the collaborators mattered. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure there's other pieces where, you know, I have to I have to prepare this piece that I'm writing for. Uh, the, the king wants something for the banquet, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so here is here is a standard formatting of of as part of my practice that I can deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do hope that that I think you and I have established that everyone has a practice and that everyone is intentional about it because even that even somebody who would say no, I'm going to ignore that practice is making an intentional choice about it. That's right. Uh, in a way they demote so, it and they promote some other thing about, right. about which they love doing. And, and Peter, one of our conjectures, as you recall, is that there's a, it's not necessarily a singular practice. There are practices and practices that, that constitute us at a moment in time. Some, you know, have a, well, back to music again, some have a, a more amplified, uh, status depending on the circumstances, 
others then can chime in later when you realize that you need them. And, uh, and this was Peter's lifestyle. Actually, he was a runner, a sailor, a dean, uh, you know, there's so many things that Peter did and, and you and I have done that we can pull in, in a moment when we want to apply ourselves, uh, intellectually and spiritually to, uh, whatever's the challenge may be. I, I want to swing over very, to one other thing I mentioned that the book is, um, a, an unusual way of getting two voices, mine and Peter's, mm-hmm. working in concert. That's for sure. But the no- other thing that is quite different goes to conjecture saying Peter looked at digitization or you and I had fun with that digitalization <laughs> of work and life. And here we are uh, sending out our book as a digital first book. And that is still evolving. So what did, how did you drag this old guy into that? <laughs> I, I, you'll have to answer that one. Um, yeah, what, well, whatever, no, you, whatever, you charm me. You charm me. <laughs> whatever made you agree to that. I want to, I need to know so I can leverage I, I, that for future conversations. I wanted, actually, I wanted to be part of your, your and Steve and Carol's experiment, because I think that the, the, collaborative change library that's that kicked off the my library uh movement in your life uh was very intriguing and it caught my imagination right away but i wanted to be part of having the book that i worked on with for peter be also something that would be instrumental in your growth and learning Mm. particularly you because you had the principal seat the, the first chair and uh it could have been a huge flop. Not the book. It's going to sell like crazy. But just that, <laughs> just that venturing, because yeah. you were trying to pull me in my late 70s into understanding. And I keep saying, well, what, what, how, how are they going to be able to see the lettering if they, how can they scroll? Or how will this thing be put out there? Uh, and so, so that, uh, you know, someone can uh, take a section of the book and use it as your vision is. So what, how, how, how have I done in getting myself more understandable understanding? And did I help you guys in, Oh, absolutely. In my naivete. Uh, well, you, you know, you use the, the, the word instrumental. So at the risk of having uh, some of our listeners grow and he, uh, he goes <laughs> with this. Here they go again. again. Yeah. Um, but I think there, you know, you were willing to to collaborate, and you were willing to uh, allow me and allow us to show you what we were envisioning for the platform and for the My Library app and how we would present the content. Mm-hmm. And you gave us feedback that was helpful in terms of, well, here is my here is my academic practice of consuming content. Here is my academic practice of sharing content with student mm-hmm. students. Here is my personal practice of reading. And so it gave me an opportunity to, in, in some ways, make you a uh, early adapter um, of our technology to see how it would resonate with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what we're building in giving people access to content through my library and um, some of the new technology that I'm excited about that is in our app uh, that we're calling No Bits, which is interesting because you use that term in, in one of your own books yeah. uh, as well. But the, the intention is to make it easy for people to access content in a manner 
that they can leverage it and use it. And a lot of times in our day and age, it just is no longer the most practical way of, of having something like this that I can give you or as a student to wrestle through. You can, because stop, we, you can stop a door with that, though. That's, that's a big, I, big book. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I love print books. I, well, I love I nothing do. better than sitting on the porch with a good book and and turning the pages and getting a coffee stain here or there mm -hmm. uh, in the process. But I think in terms of the content that we're focused on, and I think what Peter had in mind for his conjectures is that people would take it and wrestle with it. Yeah. And yes. the intention to me is less with my expectation for our readers is less that they, you know, take it as a novel and front to back cover and oh my goodness, I couldn't put it down, but rather that you could jump in at conjecture 22 and get some real value um, for yes. whatever situation you're wrestling with in your personal practice, in your whatever it might be, yeah. professional practice at that time, and then be able to put it down and put it away and not look at it for a week or three months and then come back to some other piece. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the, the way that we're presenting the book and the app certainly allows for that. And I think that it hopefully, again, to, to sort of maybe bring that back around allows them then to, you know, there, there's ways to share it then with somebody else to say, Hey, check out this one nugget here, this one piece that I found, I don't have to go and make you necessarily, Hey, go out and buy this book at Barnes and Noble and go to page the 327 and there's that paragraph um you could leverage social media you could send it out via email and say here here's a link i want you to consider looking at this is what i found um so i hope that that can uh, maybe enable and empower a little bit more of that collaborative um co-practicing co-inquiring yeah. that i believe peter very much had in mind for how yeah. people consume uh, his thoughts and that uh, consume is not the right word how people would would leverage uh, and develop and and co-inquire further and use his yeah, thoughts yeah we said you why this matters to you uh the, there's a there's a sense of this too that you just gave that it was a, in a sense of wonderful coincidence that the way peter built up this book over all those years was essentially somewhat random i mean it was organic and he would have written nine and he'd say, okay, for 10. And he'd go through his notes, I'm picturing, and he would strike a, a theme and he'd start writing a short essay for 10, you know, a page or two or three. Uh, and then he would go on and on until he got up to, we think, 33. But uh, here's the point. Then one of the last things that he and I did when he was still able to sit up and work with a book, he said, let me write out a list of the conjectures under certain headings. Mm -hmm. So he was now taking something relatively random, not, you know, one conjecture has to lead to the next, to the next, but saying, okay, how do they kind of group? And, and the outline that you in, used for the outline for the book uh, is Peter's outline. I didn't right. really think those things, but he had a sense of those. That's point A. That was what made that good. But the other piece from, from the standpoint of how this book looks and you use it digitally is that each of those conjectures, because they somewhat do stand alone, don't need a whole lot of preamble, uh, you can click on it and, and read it quite quickly on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer, and uh, absorb it. You can 
be you will be thinking about how to make some notes with it, and uh, and you don't put it you don't put the book book down as you just said you don't put it down. It's still on your phone. It's still on your iPad. You can access it right. anytime and come back. So that he had it uh, segmented as if you had instructed him to do so when he was first writing the book. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if that is just that, that we got uh, blessed by coincidence there yeah, or lucky. if that was some, <laughs> uh, some other way that this was uh, intentional in the universe that this would come together in that way. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the opportunity for the users of this content, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that, you know, people, typically users is reserved for, for, for drugs and uh, technology for some reason. Um, but I'm saying users intentionally uh, rather than readers, because I hope that people will use what, what Peter is putting forth here. Yes. Uh, it, there's an invitation to look at a section. Um, you know, I pulled it up here as I'm, as I'm talking to you. So if, if I look at the subsections and there is one about the nature of practice, one about the practitioner, one about curiosities of practice. Well, I'm curious. Let me see. Curiosities of practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, practice is very interactive. Okay. That, and it's multilingual. Let me click on that one. So that's, yeah. that's conjecture 17. Yeah. There is nothing stopping the user of this content, or I guess, reader first before you become a user of it, to start at conjecture 17 and look at what is Peter saying practice is linguistic and actually multilingual. Mm-hmm. And then you can look at the invitation that Peter makes um, and see if that resonates with your personal practice, if there's something there that you can leverage, use, and apply. And if you don't, I, I suggest that you might. If you don't, worst case scenario, then maybe 17 wasn't for you. But there's, guess what? There is then 31 more. Plenty more that, where uh, that came from. That you could look at it. <laughs> I'd be shocked if we find a whole lot of people that can't find anything here that resonates with them. Here's a conjecture about all of this. And maybe a conjecture about the conjectures? About, all the, about what you said and, and, and about the, the formatting of the way uh, this works. Uh, Peter wrote uh, learning as a way of being right. addressing adult learning. He made it very clear that working people tend to be the people he's talking to in regard to their learning. In other words, past school learners. Mm-hmm. If you look at the way you can use our book, it, my hot, my gut tells me it's the way adults learn. Adults, for example, don't, if, uh, let's say I'm going to learn how to uh, weld. Now, I suppose I could take a full course in welding. I could read every manual on welding. But actually what happens with adults is if I got to weld something, I'm going to learn just enough to make this first weld and not burn myself. So you, you learn a little and it works. And now you want to extend that to a little more of the practice of welding. And pretty soon, if you want to be, I have a good friend, Joe Seltzer, who wells metal, metal, metal sculptures now. And he probably started with his first weld. And uh, so back to the conjecture, the book is an adult educational format. What do you think? I think that 
I'm, I'm going to I'm going to think of myself as an adult here for a moment. All right. And suggest that that think away is much <laughs> of our much of our learning is is focused on practice, right? What yes. in my practice do I what is practical right now? What do I mm -hmm. need to learn in this what, moment to what do I need to do a do? better job at whatever? Yeah. Right. What do I need to do? Um, and a lot of times we don't either make or choose to um, invest the time to to grasp a thing as a whole. If what we need is immediately in front of us, it's like it's I need these three steps. Right. Um, and so I hope that the same way that people maybe use a Google search or a YouTube search to find mm -hmm. some tutorial on uh, welding, mm -hmm. then they might consider that if I want to figure out how to improve my practice, there might be something here in in uh, one Peter Veov, uh together with the fear on putting forth what they're conjecturing are important ways of thinking about that. Um, and again, I think it's it's meaningful, or at least for me, it was resonant to say, this applies to my professional practice, this applies to my musical practice, this applies to my collaborative practice, mm -hmm. this applies to how I work on Theo Ford Stiegler becoming a better version of Theo Ford Stiegler. Um, not all 32 identically in all of those different arenas that I, that I look to be proficient and successful in. Um, but, but there are elements of uh, what Peter has conjectured that touch on all of those. And um, so I hope that, that the learning that I got to benefit from as an editor to really have to wrestle with it and figure out what are the right ways to recommendations that I may make to, to Dave, to, to add something here or to mm -hmm. let Peter stand alone there and mm -hmm. uh, make that point later, maybe in a different conjecture that mm -hmm. those things are in, in some ways an invitation to our readers and then users of this content to, to edit for themselves, you know, yes. feel free to edit what, what Peter and David have put together here and say, here's how that works for me or doesn't work for me. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the, the next iterations of our platform, um, is going to include, um, the ability to take notes and make highlights in your content, but also then to comment on a conjecture and say, here is something that resonated with me that yeah. you might, yeah. um, want to share with, with other readers, other users, other practitioners, yeah. uh, down the road. And so that's what I'm really looking forward to is oh, once we yeah. have some of those tools in place to, to for me to be able to read, for you and I to be able to read and reflect on how yeah. people are reacting and resonating with, for example, conjecture uh, 27 practice is perceptual, perspectival, yeah. uh, where like, okay, Peter, tell me more because I don't know what those big words mean. Yeah. Um, See, he didn't use a lot of big words, but when he did, he had a real purpose for it. And one and, and purpose he, was to have a struggle with it a little bit to get it to understand to shift our mind from something conventional to a little less conventional. So, yeah, that was a, that was a fun one that we had with that one. But I, I think that um, the, um, the the another point about this being an unfinished man, manuscript or an unfinished symphony, that's a good thing. And this is what I mean. It's unfinished because if, I, if the folks who bought the book originally, when we sold them just a partial sample of the book, so they bought on great faith in us, uh, will be able to see someday, every, if they open their, their app, a new feature. Uh, 
that 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 our book has uh because you can add it i hope digitally rather than yeah, having oh, yeah so it's not so it's and not the, you like, had asked me earlier what what was my you know my entry into this and why was i even seeking out this yeah. conversation with you um and let me maybe take a small step back to to explore that a little bit and saying that um in my musical practice, I have great anxiety recording something and calling it complete and saying, here is my recording of this song. Yeah. Because I promise you that the next time I perform it, I tend, especially with my own music, but even with other people's music that I, that I arrange, that I interpret, I, I find, oh, here's another nuance that maybe I would want to do this way. Or just today, because of the context of where I'm performing this piece of music, I want to you know, not play this verse or emphasize this other verse or mm -hmm. have a longer space for solo or whatever that might be. Similarly, I think if I was the editor for this and it was a print first version of, of Peter's work, I would have great anxiety to like, okay, are we ready? Should we really, or wow. should I do another passive proofreading or, or should I maybe yeah. give it to somebody else first? Because once we've printed it and we've put 5,000 copies on various shelves somewhere, Done and done. No, that's what it looks like. Um, <laughs> what this platform gives us an opportunity to, and, and you and I have done a little bit of this just last week, yeah. where um, we realized that in our, in our process, the further down the road we travel together, we realized that some of the old mileposts that we came across, we now have a different appreciation for. Mm -hmm. So now we can go back and say, by the way, at mile marker seven, you ought to really pay attention that you could also turn left here and go to somewhere else. That's right. Um, maybe I'm stretching that particular travel metaphor a little bit too far, but we have an opportunity to, you know, to cycle back to having our readers add their commentary and share insights and what resonates on a particular conjecture. We have an opportunity to, let's say somebody um, that is more than three or five readers says in um, conjecture 19, I have this issue where I don't quite, I have, what is Peter saying here? Yeah. And maybe you and I thought, oh, that was perfectly clear. This came from the context over here. Well, now we can go in and we can, we could add a footnote to provide that content, or we could make a uh, an edit to add something in your voice that, oh, in conversation, maybe I would have said this thing to set that up for the reader a little bit more. So I look forward to this being a, not a, uh, you know, let's, let's go back and, and uh, improve it constantly. No. But if we find that something was an error, if we find that something would benefit our future practitioners of this particular element by setting additional context, we can go and we can do that. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah. hopefully with that, the, the print version that, uh, I do think we want to uh, honor Peter's intention with this to, to oh, create yeah. at some yep. point, but it can have gone through a couple of these iterations where, um, you know, you and I and others look at it again, maybe from a slightly more distanced lens now that we've uh, gone through a very intense process of looking a lot of it closely, closely. We have uh, definitely maybe you and I will benefit from every word. Yeah. And, and but you see, Peter, uh, when we started the podcasting, when Peter was unable to continue writing. I remember him saying once uh, we ended one of our recordings as, as we will soon do here, he said, 
You know, I really love our conversation, Dave, but how can we get any feedback? How can we hear if anyone's getting anything from this? And, uh, and that's when I started looking at the toolkit around, around uh, the podcasting. And there are some comment points in it, but rarely do people do that, what I learned. So, uh, but if we, but my point is that Peter loved feedback, uh, good, bad, and indifferent. He, and that's why when he wrote the conjectures, it was always sort of a parenthetical invitation at the end of whatever he said, what do you think? This is what I think. What do you think? And you've heard some of the people I've had podcasts with, like Catherine Kaplan, Catherine Ross, Eric Dent, who were his former students, mm-hmm. who would say the same thing. They would enter into conversations and Peter was always as interested surprisingly in what they were doing and learning as we were of of his uh, accomplishments so is this is very concert, uh, very consistent with the uh, the person Peter Vale that we've talked a lot about all this time uh, and and that that's uh, that's pretty wonderful uh, we will be uh, taking uh, these conjectures, I'll be speaking of the podcast, I'll be uh, doing a little bit about each one, sort of asking people to think, what do you think? And we'll have be able to link it right to the conjecture, can't we, uh, Dale? Absolutely. Yep. So they'll get a preview uh, of the whole book. Uh, can't just sit there and wait till I do all 32 and think you've got, you've got it and you don't have to pay <laughs> for the book. Uh, don't think that way, but uh, I think it's just an extension of the symphony that we've started here. We just want to get it to more ears, more eyes, more thoughts, and uh, get the reverbs, get the get the concert hall shaken and quaking. <laughs> and hopefully, people will uh, will leave the concert hall and uh, you know go home and uh, pick up their own. Uh, instrument of choice and and see if maybe they can play a couple of the notes of the the motifs and the themes that uh, you and Peter have put forth here. So as we began this, uh, Teo, I, I thank you even more now that we've had this conversation because I even more fully realize our collaboration, yours and mine, uh, goes with uh, one that I quoted just today, yesterday when I was featuring a podcast with uh, two very uh, smart man- leadership educators. I picked a little line from, uh, from the clip where uh, Vanessa says, I said, well, what is it like to collaborate with Linda? And uh, she said, well, I'll take, I'll take this from the movies. Linda completes me. And Teo, you complete me. I am grateful to uh, to have been able to uh, find what it is that you bring to the table in this process and what I was able to bring to the table in that process where we play different instruments and we can make different contrib- different contributions to mm-hmm. uh, now this being something that is out in the world. And, uh, and also having... I feel like I've gotten to know Peter just a little bit yeah. uh, through this process. And that was, that was quite, uh, quite a wonderful experience in and by itself. So, um, yeah, again, thank you right back at you. We complete each other. 
We just got to make sure our our wives don't uh, hear us talking too much. Now. Oh, <laughs> I know that. that uh... <laughs> oh, they, they, although they're probably like, go ahead, boys. You. Yeah, no, they know that when you and I are working, they can get other stuff done. <laughs> there you go. We don't get at least we don't get in their way at those oh, times. Oh, good. They're working on the book. <laughs> well, we've got more work to do ahead, but thanks again and uh, onward. Yes, thank you. And to our to our listeners, please take this invitation to to uh, check out the the links that will be provided to you uh, wherever you're listening to this to to at least get a get a get a whiff, get a preview. Uh, there is um, actually a, a various essays and writings available from both Peter and David on the My Library platform that are uh, available completely free for you to access. And there are previews available for all and every one of the 32 conjectures and the other content uh, in the On Practice book that David and I have been blessed to collaborate on together. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to anactionresearch.com slash podcasts page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to anactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.